You're listening to the news and why it matters on demand. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Glenn, what was the top story for you? Real refugees and what it means to be a refugee. Right. I assume you mean climate refugees because we're all going to die because of the climate, and I'm going to tell you why. Oh, okay, good. Mm-hmm. All right, Andrew. Regime change at medieval times. <laughs> I can't Obviously wait. Obviously, top story. That can't. should be the top story. Yes. You should beat me on that one because. <laughs> Can't wait. I, 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 I go to middle of time, so oh my kids. I, I might do a foreign correspondence report from that since it's in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> Just drive over, crazy. put it into my taxes. Uh, before we get into all of that, I want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Uh, it is the best way to learn how to how to use your weapon is to dry fire, which is what iTarget Pro does. Okay, yeah, so it's, it's uh, the best way for trigger control, and that is something that unless you're a, a shooter, you just think it's aim and, you know, which eye am I using and pull. But it is actually triggered. You have to control. know your own gun. Yeah, but you have to also know, I mean, the slower you pull the trigger, yeah. you need to know, you know, you have to be comfortable with pulling that trigger. My trigger is a really long pull. Is it? Yeah. What kind of gun do you have? A 380. It's like, what it's... What kind of gun is it, the 380? I mean, there's, what, what kind, what is it? It's an M&P Smith so & Wesson. A, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. But it's, I mean, it's way longer than you think it is. So this has been amazing for me because yeah. every time I go and shoot, I always am like, oh, I feel like I'm pulling too hard. And now I'm way yeah. more comfortable once with you it. Get, once you just have the trigger, you don't need to spend all the money on ammunition. Yeah. Once you really have that trigger down, and this makes it into, uh, uh, it makes your living room into a shooting range, which is great. <laughs> Except you're not actually shooting. Oh, crap. You're not anywhere. supposed to put bullets in it, too? <laughs> I keep shooting my iPhone. I don't know yes. why. I don't know why. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Anyone who owns a gun should have this in their household. You can go to iTargetPro right now and get free shipping and save 10% if you use promo code NEWS. That is iTargetPro.com. All right, Glenn, real refugees. We are on the winning side. And for the very first time, I can say that with real confidence because I think the left has so and the media has so overplayed this hand that it's becoming ridiculous because as real struggles you have to remember we're not a country that's struggling we haven't really struggled 2008 was hard people are going to struggle with the job losses at gm they're going to struggle and it's going to be bad but that's one community or a couple of communities we're not a nation that has really struggled in a long time. So we have been looking for things to be pissed off about. We've been looking for the, oh my gosh, the plight that you have had because you were half Irish and, you know, half cockapoo and nobody wants an Irish cockapoo in class. All of that crap. We've, we've invented all of these things to be, you know, held back by. We're refugees. You look at the border. Those are not refugees. Those are people who are having a hard time. People who have lost their job with GM, they're going to have a hard time finding a job too. I can relate to that, I can have passion, and I can have compassion for that, but it's not a refugee. So Some might not be true too. I think some a, of a might lot not of be people true. will find jobs. Right. So when you, but that's a human struggle. Right, that's course. a human struggle, universal human struggle. What is not a universal human struggle is being crucified, being set on fire, being beheaded. Or yesterday, there was a woman, she is a a Uyghur in China. Now, 
Uyghurs, China is a very interesting place because China has, um, is very racist. You have to be a certain kind of Chinese to yeah. be considered Chinese. Han, Han Chinese. Yes. So the Han, yeah, you've been over there. Mm-hmm. The Han Chinese, if you're not Han Chinese, you literally, it's like 1950. You can't, it, they, you know. They, they, for, for Uyghurs, they've, um, they've done biometric data, I think, on all of them. Yes, all of them. Um, and, I mean, like, like literally all of them, there are, there are re-education camps right now yeah. um, that are, I mean, just straight up Orwell. Uh, yeah, they're... So, they're so, so they are literally tagging people. Uh, these Uyghurs are the first. Christians are happening as well. Um, but they are literally tagging with, with systems that Hitler could have only dreamt about. These Uyghurs will be gone. So yesterday, there was a woman who came. She escaped. She had been arrested how many times? Three, four, five times in China. And she was brought into one of these concentration camps. There are now two million people in these concentration camps in China. Re-education. Yeah, sorry. Um, two million people. So she escaped. She got here and she, was, she gave a talk in, in Washington. Haven't seen it anywhere. She described that she was taken in. And it's like V from Vendetta. She, her head was shaved. Uh, they they uh, interrogated her for four straight days without any sleep, nonstop. Uh, they would beat her. They got to the point to where they were giving her electric shocks until she was foaming at the mouth. Um, and the last thing she would remember before she would pass out is, what was it, Uyghur is, Uyghur, it's a crime to be yeah, a Uyghur? It's a crime to be a Uyghur. Okay, so... And that was the happy stuff. Then they made her drink some white liquid that made her bleed from every orifice in her body. She's no longer having menstrual, a menstrual cycle. They may, be, they may be sterilizing all of these Uyghurs, which probably they are. No one in the press was talking about this today. Why is that? That is a real refugee. Asia Bibi, that is a real refugee. Why is the president not using both of those examples today and saying, look, we do, we are a compassionate people. Here's a Catholic in Asia Bibi who's in Pakistan who her and her family are going to be killed if they're not gotten out of Pakistan. The Pakistani Supreme Court said that her trial was a farce. She was in jail for nine years. There was no reason to hold her in jail. The radical Islamists want her dead because she's a Catholic who will not confess her sins, Inquisition. Then you have a Muslim, a Uyghur, in China. We should be saying we welcome refugees. We are a place that will be a place where you can come. Poor, tired, huddled masses yearning to breathe free. It's those two examples, not what's happening here. This is a farce. And we're on the winning side because people are watching this and they know. They know. I don't care who you are. They know that's not right, what's happening on the border. And if someone will just start talking about the actual cases and America actually lives up to its promise and its charter, we win. We win. We become the country, or maybe perhaps remain the country, that we were designed to be. A place where true refugees would have a shelter from the storm long enough for them to get back up off uh, onto their feet 
and make the life that was destined for them. That's what we should be doing. Libertarian Andrew, care to weigh in? Uh, it was a, a wonderful and a passionate speech that I very much enjoyed. <laughs> um, I think part of this, uh, to, to, to just get uh, a little bit less um, powerful in my rhetoric, uh, I mean, part of it might be when we're talking about just what the definition of a refugee is. Um, the folks that are along the border, um, either way, they're fleeing corruption, they're fleeing crime, they're, they're, they're mobsters that want to get them, they're, they're fleeing poor economic things. So regardless of what they're called, I, I would like to modify law in order to let them in if they're safe. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, I, I agree with you about yeah. the Uyghurs and everybody else. Those are, those are legitimate refugees. But So here's the thing. Here's, I think our only difference is this, Andrew. Um, and I don't even think it's a difference. I, I am for loosening the, or, or making it easier to come here. Mm -hmm. Because too many people, I mean, we have a guy from Ireland who is a born American. He, he, he loves this country. He sticks out like a sore thumb over in Ireland. We have a job for him. He cannot get a visa over here to work in America. That's ridiculous. It should be easier for people to come here and work and change their life, but not this way. Not this way. And so my point on, on Asia Bibi and also this woman in China is why are we cowering and saying, no, we're not racists. No, no, we, we're, we're not xenophobes. Let's prove it. Here's a Catholic and a Muslim. Here's a Pakistani woman and a Chinese woman. They both need our help. Let's help them. Those are easy. And that, then, when we do that, that's the easy one. When we do that, then say, okay, now listen. There is a system. And if you are in trouble, we will help you. But you've got to be in trouble. I mean, I think that's been a mistake that's been made over a long period of time by conservatives and people who, you know, care about border security is to make the issue about being anti-illegal immigration instead of making it pro-legal immigration. You know, I mean, it's a real, I mean, we, I, you know, we talk about this as it's like, you know, the United States is essentially an all-star team from around the world. All the people with the balls to get in ships and like come over here and leave their families and leave their familiar surroundings, come over here and they cheat. I mean, that's just, just that is more than a lot of people in America will ever risk. And like, if you're willing to do that and you want the American experience, that's only going to make our country better. So I agree with you. And think of the balls it takes to go from Honduras at 16, 17 years old mm -hmm. on your own and walk that distance to go here. I had, that's great. Yeah. You've done something Americans probably wouldn't do. Okay, that's good. Americans won't walk to the grocery store. I know that. <laughs> I know that. But now let's do one more thing. Do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Do it right. You can't flee corruption while bringing corruption with you. Yeah. Uh, I want to move on to uh, climate change is going to kill all of us. Yes, we are, are going to die. Um, you will die most likely from something related to the 0.9 degree Celsius temperature rise over the past century. Um, Did you say 900 degree rise? Uh, no, 0.9 degree oh. Celsius. Stu, oh, Celsius. Mm -hmm. okay. It is. I just want to make sure that if people right. aren't saying, hey, that's, what, that's a Fahrenheit what, number. What, what is that in inches? Uh, yeah, it's four, <laughs> yeah, I think that's four. Uh, Forventine. <laughs> yeah, Forventine imperial yes. foot. So <laughs> I thought that we were all supposed to die already from this. That it was, Well, yeah, there's no way to turn there back. There was no now. way to turn back And now there's really, there's really no way to turn back now. Right. Uh, so we why are, are we talking scared. about it? Well, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I mean, look, you know, the, there are... Some people who really think this is real. I think there's a large group of people who, um, and I, I don't, I hate being too general with this, but like there's a lot, there's a group of people who 
don't care if it's real and like the idea that they can advance uh, their chosen policies um, mm. on this on the back of climate change. I think you know someone like Al Gore, I believe, falls into that category. That's separate from a scientist who I think is trying to do. Um, you know, a lot of them are trying to do the you know, best their best they can to try to understand a really and difficult. I think a problem. lot of people who believe yeah. in. I hate to say don't believe in climate change or do believe in climate change. Climate is always changing. Yes. Um, so to, to say that it's not happening is not, not the right statement. But those who believe that what we do about it yeah, many of those people also have good intentions, and that's a, it's an interesting thing. And you've brought this up many times over the years, Glenn. Like we do not live in a society in which um, a, 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 some random expert gets to design the policy for the country. This is not uh, what was the book you always used to blab about? Uh, the one about Philip Drew, administrator. Philip Drew, administrator, where it was a president who I just going to pick all the best people from all the best industries, and they'll just make all the rules. I'll just admit I'm an administrator. You'd love this. You'd I love was it. about to say, you know, they, they, they tried that in the Soviet Union. Yes, actually. exactly. They go, so this was getting written. all the smart technocrats to run everything, and it didn't pan out. No. This was Woodrow Wilson's favorite book. Oh God, Philip Drew, administrator. It's free online. You should read it. It's a novel. It's amazing. And then, this, this, is, this isn't satire. This is no, like. This Oh, yeah. it's, it's it was like their horrible dream. read, but because it's just like ridiculous. <laughs> well, it was but their it's dream. Unbelievable. It's their dream. And Woodrow Wilson tried to execute it. Yes. in many ways while he was in office. I mean, it was something real and it's like a playbook. Like, and there, there's just that attitude now that like if a scientist says something, like they might even be right, but it's still we hire people to decipher the information and apply it as far as policy. They are essentially policy experts in theory, even though you can't tell it a lot of times. Um, so I'm, I'm fascinated by this this uh, this conversation around this report. Um, we have a couple clips from CNN, uh, an interview. CNN decided to bring on one of the scientists who was actually involved in creating the report. Okay, one of uh, I want to make clear this is one of Donald Trump's people. Oh, this is this is a really frustrating because they point. keep referring to him as. His people. I, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be more on the climate change as a problem side of the table, I think. However, I will say that in terms of media coverage, I agree because they're like, can you believe it? His own people. And I'm like, well, these are just these are just administrators. They're right. always this, there, right? This, they're this, not. Wait. They had to prepare. They were preparing this document during the Obama administration. Right. And it's been it's, it comes out every few years. It's a climate assessment report. It's legally required to come out. It's, it's, it's by bureaucrats that were in the system. They started it under Obama. And I love the idea that like, oh, it's his people. Like, he, of course he should trust them. There's like this implied idea that like he hired these people. He's, he said he's, these guys are the experts. The, 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 the deep state people that they're right. talking about. Yeah, yeah. But it's the exact opposite, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you, if he picked his own people, you'd be on television complaining that he picked his own people. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they wouldn't like that solution either. It has nothing to do with Trump. It's, it's a report that comes out. And, and again, he was hired as president of the United States in part to deal with issues like this. If you don't like the way he's dealing with that, you should totally elect somebody else next time. Um, but he is the president of the United States. And whether this report says whatever it is, it's his job to decipher that into some level of policies as far as his constitutional limits go. So Thank before we get to that next point, because yes. that is important. We are running out of time. Uh, can we watch this? Yeah, yeah, we have time. Let's watch it. Catherine, are you just rolling in the dough? Is that why you're doing this? You're just cashing in? Listen to the attitude. <laughs> rolling on the floor laughing is more like it. I got paid zero dollars to write this report. My, my salary would have been exactly the same if I had or hadn't. And if I were studying astrophysics like I used to, I'd probably get exactly the same salary as well. The reality is I've found is that people often accuse us of doing what they would do themselves in our position. 
If we just cast our eye down the richest corporations in the entire world on Wikipedia's list, the vast majority of those owe their wealth to fossil fuels, so therefore they have a vested interest in maintaining the status quo as long as possible. Well, disappointed face out there. So just to follow that and review real quick, the, th- the accusation from people on the right is the scientists are doing this because there's an industry around it and there are a lot of people are making money off of it and, and they're motivated by the wrong thing. And certainly it's gr- just different than Exxon. It's different. It's, it's different. Just, it's true. However, her, first of all, her question is completely leading. This, this is supposed to be an actual interview where you're trying to get to a question. You, you can't, oh, I guess you're just rolling in the dough. She's just mocking the entire premise. And then her response is the exact same thing as the accusation against her, which is, I'm not the one who's in this for the money. They're the ones that are in this it, for it, the money. It also looked, it looked scripted. I was watching her eyes, and she's looking down. Like, it, like I, I suspect that, that was pre-written. Yeah, well, it probably was. A um, conspiracy theorist. I like it, though. Yeah. I like the conspiracy can I, can, I, can I swing back in a minute in, in overtime? We're, uh, yeah, 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 let's, let's, well, is, do you have more? I mean, there is another clip okay, there. Let's, let's take a break, and yeah. then we'll watch the other clip when we come back. I'm just assuming. I, because I think you think we're saying something that we're not. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Before we get back into climate change, I want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. Uh, It is, of course, the holiday season, and there may be some of us at the table who may tend to overeat during the holiday season. Not, Glenn said, not Not him, so it's not him. I only drink eggnog during the holiday season. That's all I do. I do not eat or drink. Just eggnog. Disgusting. Eggnog. I love eggnog. (laughs) Good diet. But it's got to be about 1,500 calories. Yeah, just just drinking liquid fat with sugar. So so I have the product for you, Andrew. Yes. Uh, Ridizone will help you either get those extra pounds off during the holidays or just boost your metabolism so that you can at least maintain. So, so this is you a, this can just is not a, gain 30 pounds so over the holidays. this is an eggnog suppl- supplement that yes. I can take? So yeah. you, what you do is you take the Ridiazone and then just drink the whiskey straight. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, uh, That's the, a great plan. My understanding is it's the, it's the good molecule for eggnog, right? It, uh, oh, right, yeah. No olive oil. It's the nog. The nog is the healthy nog. But it's helped me. It's done wonders for me maintaining after I lost a bunch of weight a long time ago. So you can order now at Ridiazone.com. That's R-I-D-U. Z-O-N-E.com. Use promo code TheBlaze for 30% off a three-month supply. That's like $1.39 a day. That's super cheap so that you can either lose weight or maintain. There's no reason not to do it. Ridizone.com. Stu, you were in the middle of the uh, climate change clips. Yes. yes, and uh, Andrew, being new here, doesn't know that c- climate change is one of my pet uh, obsessions. Yeah, you guys are um, going to so, get along. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> a fun <laughs> one. I like talking about warning, it. warning, he is well, all the reasons. Yeah. He's a numbers freak. Oh, okay. Well, the, no, I, mean, it's, I, just, I just wind up ranting, and so I'm, I rant too long sometimes about it. Um, let's watch another clip here. This is from uh, CNN, and I'm, I was fascinated by this interview. Again, this is a scientist, and, and I will... There's some credit you would give to actually bringing on a scientist from the report because so far the coverage has been, why did he release this on Black Friday? has been mainly the conversation <laughs> around this. Muppets they bring on. They do like, all the time. Um, so, uh, anyway, so I she, like the old guys at the balcony. Those guys are, I don't know, but it stinks. <laughs> Bernie Sanders is delightful. <laughs> uh, but I, listen to this. I mean, this question is just, I think this is the one with the question that is just a tad pathetic. Listen. And so, I mean, since you're so steeped in this material, when you hear the president say he doesn't believe it, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel frustrated because, again, you can say I don't believe in gravity, but if you step off the cliff, you're going down. So we can say I don't (laughs) believe climate is changing, but it's based on science. It's over 150 years old. And if we're making decisions that don't just affect us, 
but that affect hundreds of millions of people based on flawed or faulty information, the result is not going to be good. So again, her two last two questions were, uh, you're rolling around in the dough, aren't you? And how does the president say, when he says something like that, how does it make you feel? I, why even have her on? Like, the she's a freaking scientist. Go into some of the science if you want to go into something. The press hasn't changed. That no. was, what's the most enchanted yeah. moment you've had as president? Actually, I mean, I, I just don't understand that approach. But I mean, like, you know, and this is, I think, getting into the actual report a little bit. The gravity is, um, uh, summary, is such a poor one to me. I mean, I can take this this plate of cauliflower and broccoli or whatever it is and drop it all over this building in a million different places, a million different times, and we will find it to fall at the exact same uh, rate over and over and over again. We can prove gravity exists very easily. Um, There has to be some um, uh, recognition of fallibility for human beings. And I think that is where when we go into these climate um, uh, arguments where we fall down a little bit too much when we're talking about them, because... Look, you can't. There is too complex a system to be able to run experiments on. Science is easily proven when you can run experiment on a, on a system over and over again. You can replicate that experiment. You can replicate the results. With the climate, they attempt to do this, and to their credit, they they put amazing uh, models of the climate together to try to to try to figure out what different inputs would. Uh, you know, what the outputs would be after different inputs are entered. But again, they're human designed. They're not reality. As we see, they they diverge from each other by multiple degrees and, and how much the effect is. Um, and what they're asking us to do is to take their reports and implement mass um, control of economies all around the world to the t- tone of multiple trillions of dollars. Um, and, and that goes up and up and up and up to do things that we, you know, even when you look at their numbers and accept all of them as, as, as fact, you're spending a massive amount to do almost nothing. Um, and the idea that there can't be another side to this or, or you don't believe in gravity or you're a climate denier, which is the same as a Holocaust denier, um, or you're just out there for the money. These are just rhetorical tools to avoid the conversation. And I think the conversation is important, even if everything they say is true. It's to you know it, there is a clear argument for what is the level of catastrophe we're actually facing. How, what is the best way to deal with it? Who is the best thing to do? Because it's always the, with them. It's always the government that is the one that needs to step in. Um, and you know what is the best? Is it adaptation? I mean, adaptation is it you know is it ge- geoengineering? We talked them talking about they're going to burn. You know who knows? They're going to there are new ideas to dim the sun. Oh my god! All of these ideas uh, can't be part of a conversation where you're calling the other person a Holocaust denier. There's just nowhere to go from there. And, you know, if they want people on the conservative side to look at this and take it seriously, like they say it's such a huge threat, they have to be able to approach it like like they're dealing with adults and they don't do that. And I, I do think the Republicans and conservatives at times use shorthand like it's a hoax. And that's not the right I mean, it's not the right way to talk about this either. Um, so they, both sides are guilty of it. But the media is so in lockstep on this issue. They act as if you're an insane person if you don't want to spend multiple trillions of dollars on a problem. I don't see how you could possibly measure hundreds of years in advance. Accurately. I, I, I have to tell you, um, you know, I'm somebody who has taken steps myself for being more green, you know that we tried to make this studio. It pulls way too much electricity, but one of my goals was to make this a totally green facility. Okay, Impossible with the technology we want to do today. But I wanted to send a statement, and you know what? We'll do our part as long as you have the money. I don't want any money from the government or anybody else. Right. What? It's not climate change that we that we're arguing here. It is the solution 
they are creating models that are not accurate. They have not given us accurate predictions of what today is like when they said this 15 years ago. It's not playing out that way. Why would we spend all of this money? Now, are there things that we can do? Yes, there are. But electric cars, remember? Electric cars were the things we had to do. Barack Obama stopped the hydrogen car for the electric car. The hydrogen car, I drove it. I drove I the GM this, this hydrogen car. This one that just car. dribbles out water and like is yeah. It, it runs out Yeah, water. hang on. I think we have to yeah, take we, a break. Yeah, we got it. We got to go. We'll be back. This time, yeah, so I try my climate and I start ranting and then the segment. To take this climate change conversation into overtime because I don't think the guys have gotten enough. No, we yet. haven't gotten it out yet. But uh, I want to remind everyone the guys are going back out on tour. Yes. Yes. Starts Friday? Friday in Tampa, Saturday in Orlando, and we would love to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So go to glenbeck.com slash tour, get your tickets, and we will see you guys in overtime. Bring your SUVs, leave the car running while it's outside. Yes. <laughs> Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Glenn, I want to make sure that you're able to finish your point you were making on climate change. Don't know if I remember it at this okay. point. I've well, been so... well, let me let Andrew respond then okay. because we've had some off-air conversations. Sure. But... I'm trying. Uh, there's there's a lot to unpack yeah, here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot climate to unpack. Climate change enthusiast versus climate change right? denier. That's right. I, I am in favor. You're in no, favor of. He doesn't the believe it's happening. Whereas I am in favor I of it, and I want you to keep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just I, I hate the cold. I don't want to. And no one in the world should ever wear a sweater again. I want to make Maine, Florida. <laughs> uh, so there's a few things. I think most uh, most Republicans, most conservatives, acknowledge that climate change is happening. There are there are people that say it's a hoax. The conversation's at the point now where we're talking about whether it's man-made or not, or whether we're making a significant impact on it. And that is something that I think is. Uh, a failure of of people uh, on the left to acknowledge that no one's really disagreeing on whether or not climate change is happening. And I think more conservatives would say, yeah, and man probably plays a role. If it hadn't been, you're a climate denier, and if you buy into this, you have to buy everything else they say. See, and that's that's where I would like to see the right kind of step up on this is go like begin looking <clears throat> what is the potential damage that that the right assesses and what things should we be doing or not be doing. There's a really interesting guy named uh, Bjorn Lomborg. Uh, oh yeah, who yeah. do you guys know Bjorn? They've had him. Yeah, on. We've had him on. Yeah, and, and and Bjorn like makes a very compelling case that like look um, in terms of pollution, more people are dying from poverty than they are from you know from yeah. from smokestacks. That's a good conversation to have. But like a conversation that I would really like to see. There's a great debate that um, I can't find now, and it might have been destroyed. What a surprise! Uh huh. What a surprise! Yeah, it's no, it's a debate between John Kerry and Newt Gingrich, and um, and John Kerry and Newt Gingrich at the time both acknowledged climate change is happening and both acknowledged that we're participating in it. I mean, I Newt Gingrich did, is on the side of it. He did the commercial with Nancy Pelosi yeah. right in that mm-hmm. period. And, and it's that. so this is this is before it was anathema, and it like it largely is anathema within the Republican Party to say yes, we are causing this and we should do something. That's something that's not being said normally. But Gingrich and, and Kerry come in, and Kerry had like a. We need the EPA to regulate things and say how many, like the EPA needs to have a really heavy hand in this. We need, you know, whereas Gingrich was taking a more Republican position of we should be offering prizes. We should say, like, this is technology we need. If you can develop that technology, we'll hit it. Um, I think if Milton Friedman were around, he'd probably want a carbon tax. 
So I, I would love for conservatives to, to come to the table and go, um, there's a problem here. We acknowledge that problem. Here's what we think is the best way to approach it. But so much of this is caught up in a fighting match between whether or not it's a hoax, whether or not, um, you know, just, just kind between of the, the, the edges that the, most people are not at. Look, I don't know a single person, a single person that would ever say, oh, you can prove to me that we're all going to burn to death in a fiery flood in the next 40 years, or my kids or my grandkids are all going to be dead, and this is going to be a wasteland. Oh, I don't care. Have another cigarette, that is how. That's the characterization. That's of the, the characterization. But what you said here was really interesting, because I agreed with everything, except now what are we going to do about it? And that, I think, is the, that's the gate. Now what are we going to do about it? Well, Honestly, I don't know. I, I, here's where I stand. I believe that it only makes sense that man can do damage to the environment. Look at China. It can do that, okay? So now what are we going to do about it? Well, the United States is the leader in the world. We, the, what we have done in the United States in the last 50 years, no one else has even come close to it. And we've done it through capitalism and innovation yeah. and education, all of those things. I remember the Indian crying, never left me. Um, so we have made a difference. When you say climate change is real and man may be playing a role in it, to me that makes sense. But then immediately the government needs to spend through a global organization $15 trillion dollars that's insanity. Right. Hold on. But there's, you know, to my knowledge, Heritage isn't stepping in and going, you know what, we support a carbon tax. Or we I wouldn't support a carbon, wouldn't tax. Support a carbon tax. Sure, either, but like, but, but I'm I'm not I'm not hearing I'm not hearing this from most of my conservative friends of yes, I think because, this is happening and we should be doing something about it. Because most conservatives just do it. It's like saying the NRA. The NRA doesn't care about gun safety. Are you kidding me? It's the NRA that gave the the background check to America. Okay, they were the ones that said, here is the design, here let's do it. They also have more training. I talk to NRA members, every time somebody has a shooting and there is a, a gun, they are the ones who are the most concerned because they always get blamed. They're the ones on the front lines going, stop it, stop it, enforce this law. When you look at places like Cabela's, I believe Cabela's is one of the largest uh, financiers of you know, wildlife preserve, um, forest restoration in the United States. They give a ton of money. You don't think of Cabela's as, as that. Conservatives just do it. So, and I don't know what Cabela's is. What is? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I really don't know. You live in where now? That's so I, cute. I, I live, you I live in you grew up in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I don't believe this. Uh, that was a lot. Is Oklahoma a, bureau, a borough? I don't know about. You, how long were you in New York? About six years. Oh, oh. my gosh. It's like really, a, you really it's soaked in. Is it's the soaked in. Biggest uh, outdoor, outdoor sporting oh, store okay. in, like, in the country. We have Bass Pro in Oklahoma. Well, Bass Pro, oh, okay. Bass Pro is yeah. Bass Pro people in the Heat and Family. Oh, there you okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's a you know I I, I I get your point, and I think um, because climate change is usually when polled the lowest uh, concern of all voters, um, in the lowest one on the very bottom. I think it's very easy for re Republicans generally to say, like, this is a debate between people who want to take your big screen TV away and people who don't. Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's because it's, there's not a nuanced, 
approach to it in, in normal discourse because of the idea. It's just not a big issue. It's a lot of, honestly, a lot of times they talk about it. It's, it's not a it's not a ratings getter. And it's, and it's something um, that the free market will take care of well, itself. Look at. Right I, I, I will swing it. We, we, we bring up Matt Ridley periodically. Yes. Who I, I love Matt Ridley. Lord Matt Ridley. Actually, you bring him up like every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's great. He's Matt great. Ridley's wonderful. Uh, I'm running, I hope he runs for prime minister. Um, he, what, one of the things he points out is with, with global warming charts uh, and the, I think it's the IPCC. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the main one, that it's all predicated on the idea that um, second and third world nations are going to continue industrializing, and as a result, carbon's going to go up. And mm-hmm. we're, we're building these models off of that. And it's like, well, that's also not assuming that there are a bunch of Steve Jobs running around in Nigeria right now um, just living in huts that could be doing all these really cool things. So I, like, that is one thing where like, I'm very much free enterprise in that regard, in that um, ultimately we're going to be saved through capitalism. We're going to be saved through innovation. We're not going to be saved through belt tightening. Yeah, um, agreed. But I don't, I don't, I don't hear that conversation that much because I think so much we get stalled in just whether or not it's happening. And I think that's because I think that's I honestly think that's just the summary. Donald Trump's a great example of this. Donald Trump has not thought much about the climate. I don't think um, to him there's an argument of like a crazy Al Gore people and it's a hoax people. And that is, I think, the, the general understanding of, of, of the American people. But the American people aren't going to be necessarily the ones day by day that are making these changes. I mean, there has been one improvement um, that has happened that has lowered emissions more than any other that we can talk about in a long time. The name of it is fracking. 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 People and, oh, and that's I mean, one of those things that gets slagged yeah, so much by people exactly. on the left. And we, we surpassed the Kyoto Protocol. We exactly. surpassed the Kyoto Protocol. You know, we wouldn't have to use any fossil fuels. No fossil fuels. I, I talked to um, uh, I talked to the head of GM. I was driving their hydrogen car. Okay, drove it for a week. Unbelievable! They were ready to go into production until the Obama administration nope. stepped did, in. Did, did they pull some kind of subsidy, or did they actually outlaw the development? Uh, no, they said we're going to bail you out. But you have to develop the electric car, not the hydrogen. Just, car. just like for years and years and years, we were putting tons of money into biofuel yep. because Iowa, which right. if, I'm running, <laughs> if I'm running for president, right. Iowa will need to like me. So everybody's very much in favor of Like, so if you hadn't been doing that, the other things might have so come. So the hydrogen car, the, re- the reason why that was so great is you can make hydrogen at night with nuclear energy. Because you ha- you put the rods back down, in, so, so when you're at peak usage, you know you pull the rods out. When you go down and everybody's in bed, you put the rods back down, and so the power plant. But that power plant can run full time all, all day long. The hydrogen that could be used that could be um, used to fuel our cars, which its emissions are water, mm-hmm. could all be made just in the nighttime usage of power plants that are already built. What are we thinking? It's clean. Fracking is, there's no evidence that fracking is doing anything bad at all. None. It seems as though every time we have an alternative energy, windmills, do you know how that's doing to the flight patterns of birds? We can't do that. It's, it's, I read an article that called it an apex predator the other day. Mm. Uh, the windmill? The windmill. Yeah, the windmill. It's an apex There's, predator. There is nothing that people will accept. And, and that's I'm a, sorry, I'm not going back and living in the dark ages. What, what would we, just out of curiosity, what would we need to, the hydrogen car sounds great. What, what would we need to do to make that, um, to facilitate that as a, a, a part of transportation? You already had it. I don't think you'd, you'd get it now because you, it, again, it's an argument for either electricity uh, to make the hydrogen or 
power plants to make the hydrogen. Nobody wants to argue for nuclear energy. Right. Um, even though, an infrastructure even though the old, the old like, anti-nuclear not. groups See, have come Remember around. GM had a deal with, I can't remember which company it was, because I said, you're never going to get this done. How are you going to put, where are you going to put hydrogen stations? He, the, he told me they already had a deal with, it was like Gulf or Shell or Exxon, already to put a hydrogen filling station uh, or pump in every gas station across America. They had already made the deal. All right. Uh, I so know you guys could talk about this for... I'm at Nerdville. Yeah, it like is. I'm sorry. It's really ever right. until the night, but I'd like to move on to what everybody came for, which is the regime change yes. at Medieval Times. That's why we regime came. change at Medieval Times. Uh, if you are not familiar with Medieval Times, Medieval Times is a themed uh, entertainment slash restaurant thing. It's like a big field it's with nights. It's a torture chamber that your children will take you to <laughs> that you think, oh, well, at least it's not Chuck E. Cheese. No, it's worse. Oh, Glenn says if, you've not, Cheese, if you have not taken your kids yet there, don't. don't. And I, because I they will it. never, ever, they want to go to medieval times. And it's, you know, it's, it's entertaining. The horses are amazing. But it's like 60 or 70 bucks a ticket. It's what? not cheap. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. not See, cheap. See, and I only remember this from childhood. So all of my memories of it are just, oh, having a great time and, like, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And I went three or four times when I was, like, I don't know, between ages 9 and 13. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the key ages. Uh, but uh, there has been a regime change. Uh, it used to be that there was a king and a princess. And at some point, a guy would roll in and ask the, prince, mm-hmm. or, ask the king for the princess's hand in marriage. Yes. Uh, and that has now... Change. There's the, the king is gone. The princess is now queen. She is Doña Maria, uh, and uh, which I'm fine with, by the way. Where I've did got, the king go? I assume he died. He died? I assume yeah. that he. Okay. So it's okay. He, he, For he, equality, we're killing off the male. Yeah. <laughs> well, see here. So I actually my, my bigger problem with this was the story I was reading in the Washington Post uh, and uh, home of George Will. Uh, mm-hmm. And my, my problem, so according to the Medieval Times people, this is not so much in response to the Me Too movement or anything. They're already planning on this two years ago. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm fine with it. The, but in the, um, in the article I was reading, it was so dripping with disdain and condescension that this sort of outfit would exist the way it does. Um, for example, uh, it brought up the fact that the, the female servers are called winches. Uh, and that that needs to stop. And there, there was a decent, like they talked it's to a historian. It's medieval yeah. times. Yeah. Right. Well, and that was like, like I, where I'm willing to concede a point here is they like talked to a historian and they were like, well, it would, yes, they would have said winch, but it would have been insulting. And I'm like, all right. But then at one point they suggest, well, when are you going to replace the Lord, the, 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 the field marshal with a woman? And I'm like, well, that, it, now we're beyond, yeah, this, this is no longer, we're no longer, we're now trying to rewrite. What, what, what I think would be, a, if you're really bothered by this, what I would do is I would have Medieval Times put like a little pamphlet out of the front that's like how far we've come. And you could, you could read it and say, this is the problems people had in the Middle Ages, which, by the way, were terrible for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and here's where we are now. And how, how great is that? But, yes, to your point, Glenn, I agree with you. It is medieval times. We, I, I don't think we would go back to, like, uh, colonial Williamsburg and, like, change everything to make. Because we're not saying this is what society should be. And the, the it, de- is, it is exactly what Mount Vernon has done with the slave stables of George Washington. You go to Washington's home. You want to see it. Great. Make sure you go down the hill to the slave quarters where they say, this is how people lived back then. Aren't we glad we're not doing that anymore? That's yeah, fine. fine. That's yeah. not rewriting history. And the, and the other thing that I'm, I'm bothered by about this is I do not like this impulse we have. Or I, I shouldn't say we. I think that this is mostly coming from progressives. But there's an impulse to politicize everything at the moment. Yes. Um, I think it's very good to have neutral territory 
where I can get drunk and watch jousting. Uh, and uh, I, I don't like that it's like, yes, another, we're not calling them winches anymore. It's like, just, okay, can we just have like, like okay, football is now, I, I don't like football, all I've got is jousting. Can we just give me jousting to not be involved in this, this culture war all the time? So Did you notice uh, really quickly in that article where it was a quote from a woman who worked there who she said, I find this term wench to be a little bit offensive. I'm going to be honest. And it quoted her and said, said the gift shop wench. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Which, like it, it seemed like they were poking fun at it, but I don't think they were trying to. Yeah. It, well, and then they, d- then they discussed uh, that chivalry is something yeah, that... Yeah, chivalry is counterproductive yes, to, to, to gender them. equality. Yes. Shut up. Like, yes. Oh, yeah. Right. It, again, yeah. Again, I mean, the, it is a place you bring your kids for their freaking 12-year-old birthday party. Stop and, it! And you're teaching them. All I've the never, I have never, I have, I have never had a serious conversation with my son about the wenches. He has gone against his will like five times. I've gone against my will about eight times. It's fun for maybe the first time. The rest of it's not. It's a torture chamber for the love of God. Can we stop? So leave them alone. Chivalry is, she said, it's just another form of objectification. To claim that putting a woman on a pedestal gives her power just means that she's standing somewhere where she can't get down without help. Right. Yes, I I, I read that and I was just like, it's... I don't think anybody's saying we're. Th- this Ugh. is the exemplar. They, like, this is like the, the cultural training this ground. Is, Come here, yell at winches, and then go forth and do it. Like it's it's meant to my, be. My son has never called a woman a wench. I don't even think he's called them a wench. I don't even know if we knew well, that they were called. Also, wenches. I gotta say, your son lives in Texas. If if he called a woman a wench, she'd just deck him, and that's like that's how Texas women deal with it. It's great. Uh, all right, today's the blaze. Why comment? Wait, 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 one more comment on. Okay. This. How many of us, if you travel the country at all, you go to either, you meet homeschoolers or you meet people from the South or you meet people who grew up in military families. And when you've got a young kid who's 10 years old and they say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, that's chivalry. Mm -hmm. And everybody likes it. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes it. Why? Because you're teaching your children to be polite. You're teaching them that there is a separate world out there of other people and respect them. How can this possibly be wrong? How could this possibly be right to end chivalry? Oh my gosh, I can't take it. I think we've so says him. a man that opens a door for women and <laughs> furthers this, this patriarchal thing, yeah. Uh, Andrew, this comment, The Blaze Why, uh, remember you can tweet us using the hashtag The Blaze Why, that's W-H-Y for podcast listeners. The Constitutional Triss is directing this to you. The, the Constitutional what? Constitutional Triss is the Twitter Triss, name. okay. Uh, he's... Talking about your question yesterday regarding whether or not throwing tear gas into another country, what's, what are the rules okay. with that? Uh, interesting question, he said. However, the Trump detractors are not likely to bring that up because it would force them to acknowledge the concept of sovereignty. Mm, okay. <laughs> Which I thought was an interesting point to make. Uh, the poll question from yesterday, do you think there's a problem with censorship of specific political opinions on social media? 95% of you said absolutely. 3% of you said no. Okay. What? There's not a problem with censorship? What's wrong with you? And today's poll question... Would you like to censor the 3%? Yes, that 3%. Shut them down. Yes. Shut them down. Mm-hmm. Censor them. They're just wrong. Uh, today's poll question, how concerned are you with the climate report released last week? Andrew, you're going to want to make sure to go and vote yeah, on that. Yeah, because if you don't Twitter. vote, there won't be 3%. So I, I was about to say, I'm going to be that 3%. Be it's like, the 3%. I actually think there's a problem. So that is at The Blaze on Twitter. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys tomorrow. So do you think the problem with climate change is as big as... 
No, I would I would be what they call a lukewarmer. In yes. Okay. Yeah. So so there's you know like. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.